Thanks, choir. Many of you don't know that the choir have been putting in some work over the past uh, few weeks. They actually met up here yesterday and uh, kind of went all the way through the choir uh, Christmas cantata and are kind of working really hard towards that. So when you see them, make sure you tell them how much you appreciate them and, and their ability to lead us. Uh, we are headlong into our I'm a Pray For You series. We, uh, we've talked about how we just kind of throw that phrase out and we don't really always know what it means or much less even follow up with what it is. Uh, and so we've been looking at examples through scripture that kind of teach us a little bit about what prayer is. We talked about how Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. We talked about praying through things, even though if they don't make sense. And then last week we talked about how silence is an answer that's wrapped in grace and how sometimes when we don't get an answer, that's an answer. Uh, and, and, and we have to learn how to understand that answer and the depthness of, of what silence really is. And this week, um, we're going to kind of get into the meat and potatoes, I guess, of our prayer life. And we're going to look at, uh, we're going to kind of look back at Honey, uh, the Circle Maker, as our example. If you haven't listened to the first week of this series and you don't know who that guy is, I, I challenge you to look back on that. It should be online or on our podcast, and you can hear uh, that message about Honey. Uh, the reality is that we have to face is, is some of us pray prayers that really don't make any sense. They they're they're kind of. Uh, you know, sometimes we just don't even know what to pray, and so we just kind of repeat prayers that we've heard growing up, right? Uh, like this one, um, bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies, right? How many of y'all have prayed that prayer? It's okay. It's, it's a good prayer to pray. I want you to pray that prayer. Uh, but reality is, so you're eating a double whopper with cheese and onion rings. Uh, you should be praying, God, forgive me for what I'm about to put into my body, right? God can turn water into wine. I don't think he's turning your extra long cheese coney into a heart-healthy salad with vinaigrette dressing, Right? Uh, another one that we pray oftentimes is this idea of um, pray a pray, I just pray a hedge of protection around them, a hedge of protection. Um, that's an old model prayer. I don't know if some of you grew up with a hedge of protection. There's a comedian, Tim Hawkins, who's a Christian comedian. He has a whole bit on that. You should watch it on YouTube because it's hilarious. He talks about why are we praying a hedge like the devil's weakness is not landscaping. Uh, and so we should probably pray for like concrete walls with razor wire and all this kind of stuff. And I, when you think about it, I mean, I've jumped over hedges before. And so maybe we should pray something a little bit harder than that. Uh, we we kind of get into that mode. Some of you, like, I know I'm close to the vest. How about uh, God be with them today? Bless them. Guard his heart. That's a good one. Just guard his heart. I don't know what that means. Uh, watch over my family. Give them traveling mercies. If you get real specific, you pray to watch out for deer, right? Because that's a prayer that all South Arkansas people pray. God, just watch out for deer and let them be smart when they're driving. Uh, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun because it's, we're all guilty of these. And, and I believe in reality our hearts are in the right place when we pray prayers like that. And our intentions are good. And listen, for some of us, I, I get it. Uh, this is sometimes as good as we can get, right? Because number one, either you're, you're uh, maybe new in the faith and you're, you're kind of hesitant in your prayer life. And so you're just kind of praying things that you've heard. Or, or maybe even two, you're just shy in your prayer and, and you're not really sure how to communicate with God the Father, and it's a little intimidating, it's a little kind of out of, uh, out of your comfort zone. And I, I totally get that. I think that's fine. Uh, and real talk, I believe sometimes there's parts of when we pray that we just don't know what to pray for. And we just, we just kind of come to God and we just, we're just lost for words. And that's where Romans eight twenty six says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. It's an incredible passage of Scripture. It just means sometimes when we just come to God and we're just like, I don't even know what to say right now. 
The Holy Spirit prays for us. And that's, that's an incredible promise that we have, something that we can hang on to. And, and, and I think sometimes we just can't get it out. But today I'm speaking to some of us that I believe, for a lack of better term, are just kind of lazy with our prayers. We know that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, right? That's scripture. We can do that. But we just, we just don't. We kind of hem-haw around. We, we are real vague and nonspecific. And, and I believe when we do that, we'll get real frustrated with our prayer because there's not a, there's not a clear, definite, hardcore answer to a vague, kind of surface-level um, prayer. And so my, my big thought for today, I put it the, on the screen straight out of the gate. If you get anything, you can walk away now and, and get this. Quit praying vague prayers. Now, when I write that down, I, I begin to think about Honey, the circle maker, right? We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. And the progression of his prayer was incredible. Remember, there was a drought, and he, he drew a circle in the sand and said, God, no, I'm not going to leave this circle until you send your blessing, Right? And then it began to rain, and, and he said, Not for this gentle rain have I prayed, but for, for a pouring rain. And it began to pour so hard, and he came back and he said, Not for this kind of rain have I prayed, but for rains of your benevolence, your benediction, and your grace. Do you see the, the progression of specificity within his prayer? First, it was just, God, send your blessing. Then it was, God, no, I want a heavy rain. And then, no, God, I want a rain that's full of blessing. And that's full of grace. And that's full of benevolence. That's what he really wanted from the beginning. He just had to work himself there. So when I think about this and I begin to kind of process this, two big questions come to my mind and I put them on the screen because it just made sense to. Can we, or really should we, make specific requests of God? Should we as mere humans come to God with specific requests? Request Is that okay? Number two, why, why do we have to be specific, right? Because if God knows our heart and he knows what we really feel, why do we have to really spell it out? And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture today that I believe kind of speaks to this. If you got your Bible, go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5 gives us some really incredible insight on this. And then we're going to look at a story in the Bible, a, a, a passage in, in, in the Gospels of what Jesus actually did and how he brought this out and this uh, specific idea out in, uh, in the person's life. So First John chapter 5, we'll start there and then uh, we're going to be in verse 13. Uh, we'll start in verse 13, we'll end up in 15. It says this, I write these things that you may to those who, oh, let me start all over. I write these things to you who believe, there it is, in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, if you don't, just underline that verse because that's an incredible verse in Scripture. John's saying, I write all this. Everything that I write down, I'm writing so that you can know that you have eternal life. There's never a point in the Christian's life that you should have to wonder or you should have to guess or you should have to hope for. This is something that you should be able to know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Here he is. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then our key verse this, this morning, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. I know that can get wordy, so let me read it again and hear what he says. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked 
of him. Now, this is what I'm going to do this morning, and it's going to be different because I rarely do this, and I'm not a language linguistics expert, okay? But we have to get into the Greek of these words because there's two words in here, ask and asked, E-D, uh, that are very specific. And when we see the meaning of those words and how deep and how expansive really they are, it brings a whole new level to this verse, okay? So just hang with me. Verse 14 we go back up just one verse, talks about having confidence in approaching God. We just talked about that earlier, right? If we're honest, some of us struggle with this confidence, right? Because number one, we are convinced that God's not going to answer our prayer, so it doesn't really matter. Or number two, we understand the magnitude of coming to God. That's a big deal. Um, we understand that there's, you know, 1 Timothy says, God, the blessed Father, the only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see to him the honor and might forever. Amen. And we're supposed to go to him and talk to him? Who lives in unapproachable light? It kind of, kind of takes a shot out of your confidence, right? But here he says, like, we're supposed to have confidence. We know that we can have confidence. Then he says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, that phrase, whatever we ask, that word ask is really incredible. It's the Greek word, I've got it on the screen, of ateo. That's how you pronounce it, ateo. Now, this is interesting because here's what it means. To ask, demand, request, urgently request, beg, require, crave, or desire. Now, did you catch the weird ones in that? Demand, require, request. Who of us in this room would ever demand or require anything from God? But that's just the, the hook of this whole thing is that we have the ability to ask. We're just going to God and saying, God, this is what I'm asking of you. And he, I believe he wants us to ask. In, in other Greek literature, this word ateo is, is used when a, a subordinate is, is a, addressing someone in a superior position to them. Okay, And it says that, that even though they're addressing this uh, superior, they come with such confidence that their request is correct that they ask with expectation that they are going to receive exactly what they're asking for. Isn't that incredible? They come talking to a superior with the humility and the understanding that I am beneath you and that you are above me, but I am so confident in what I'm asking, I know that you're going to give it to me. That's, that's a strong Word. If you don't get anything from this morning, get this. It's okay to ask. It's okay to come to God and ask and believe that he could give you whatever you are asking for. One commentary I read said this. The word ateo describes a person who speaks out and prays boldly and authoritatively. This person knows specifically what he needs and isn't afraid to boldly come into God's presence and to ask and expect to receive what he's requested. That's an incredible word. Ask. Whatever we ask. Whatever we can come into his presence and lay out in front of him. And the scripture tells us to come and to come asking. That's a, that's a, that's a big deep breath for a lot of us. So we feel like sometimes we, we can't ask. Oh, I, can't, I could never ask God for that. And God's saying, ask. Please come and ask. That's what I want you to do. Here's the other word I want us to look at. Here's our main verse. I think I put it back on the screen. 
We know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we just talked about that. That's a teo. We know that we have what we have asked of him. Your version may say, we know that we had the petitions that we desired of him. And that word petition is really the best translation of that word. Others may say the requests that we have of him, the CEV, the contemporary English version just says, we've, our prayers have already been answered, right? That's the, that's the best way. I love it. Because it's just like, whatever we've asked, we've already got it. The prayers have already been answered. But this word petition is really the best way to describe this other Greek word. It's a form of a teo, but it's pronounced itema, itema. So you've learned two Greek words today. You should feel very accomplished in yourself. You've got a teo and itema. And itema means this. This is great. Specific, exact, precise, detailed request. See why the word petition is probably the best way to describe that word? Because when you think about a petition, you think of something that's well thought out. Something that's real logical and laid out. Maybe even, even, maybe even written out. In specific order. He's saying that whatever we've asked of him, whatever we've exactly, precise, detailed requested of him. So if one commentator I read said this, the the request is so in-depth, thorough, and comprehensive that there's no room for misunderstanding exactly what has been asked. Y'all have lived this because we have children and their children come in and they go, oh, hey, um, uh, um, I, I was just wondering, because, you know, uh, we ate dinner like so long ago. I was just wondering if, because uh, my stomach's kind of grumbling. And you just go, what do you want? A snack. Okay, yes, go get a snack. I don't care. Hey, uh, my, you know, my friends they were like thinking about maybe getting on Fortnite later tonight. And I was thinking maybe if I could, you know, but it's that's normally past my bedtime. But sometimes maybe I could play this next... What do you want? Can I just stay up to play video games? Yes, play video games. Just ask me what you want. Don't beat around the bush. And this, this whole idea of asking and this itema is saying just get to the point. Be specific. Be detailed. Be, be exact. Be precise. Be explicit. Tell me what you want. So if we, if we use this two expanded versions of itema and ateo, and we read the verse with that understanding, it would read like this. And if we know that he hears us, should be on the screen. If we know that he hears us, whatever we may urgently request, beg, or plead for, we can be certain that he will answer our specific, exact, explicit, detailed request that we desire of him. Isn't that cool? Didn't that bring that verse into a bigger meaning? Not just, oh yeah, we'll get whatever we ask for. But, but if we beg and we request and we plead and we're specific and explicit and exact, God's going to hear us. This is how we are to pray. We are to come. It's like I said earlier, we're to come. We are to come asking and we are to come asking very specific things. I'll say it again. Quit praying vague prayers. Pray specifically. Pray detailed. Pray expecting God to answer. And I know many of you may be thinking, man, this seems a little bold. It seems a little pretentious. It seems a little maybe even sacrilegious, right? But if we had a passage of scripture 
where Jesus maybe even taught this or maybe even expounded on this. Wouldn't that make sense? I'm so glad you asked. Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. This is a story that's in scripture that is in three of the four gospels. It's not in John. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and Mark, I believe, gives us the best um, maybe version of that. It's hard to say it like that, but he gives us the most detail in it. In, in uh, Luke, it tells the exact same story. It just doesn't give the guy's name. And in Matthew, it tells the exact same story. It says there's, there's two beggars. Uh, but Mark says, listen, there's a beggar, and his name was Bartimaeus. And this is a story that many of us are familiar with. And, and we've all in church circles labeled this the blind Bartimaeus story. So let's just go and see what this has to do with us. Verse 46, Mark, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus' and disciples were together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus. That's if you read in scripture, bar anything, it means son of anything. Okay, so bar Timaeus is really just the son of Timaeus. Okay, Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now this is, let's just pause here because this is the legit prayer, right? The life of a beggar, the man, the, the, the man who is being portrayed here, his life is a life of begging. That's all he does. Uh, in, in this culture, if you, were, uh, if you were lame or if you were disabled or if you were handicapped in any way, then you were, or you were considered a burden and were rarely taken care of, even by your own family. If your own family did not take care of you, then you were kind of on your own. There's other stories in Scripture where, the, where people who were, um, who were in need of things, in need of a miracle, we talked about this before, they'd go to the pool and, and they, had, they believed that when the waters were stirred, if they jumped in the water first, they were the ones who got healed. It was this really crazy thing. Uh, and Jesus skips over that whole miracle water thing and goes right to the point. And here, he's going to do the same thing. Bartimaeus does not have a big future here. He's had a hard life. And he's crying out, Son of David... Have mercy on me. This mercy is the same mercy that First Peter talks about. First Peter says this that incredible passage, we all know it. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Y'all remember that passage? The very next verse says this. Once you were not a people. But now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. What's the difference between a life that's not a people and a life of a chosen person? It's mercy. And Bartimaeus is sitting on the side of the road and he's begging Jesus just to have mercy on him. It's an incredible statement. He knows that's what he needs. He knows that Jesus can give him the mercy. But see, Jesus wants to take this interaction a little bit further, a little bit deeper. Get down to the root of what Bartimaeus really is asking. Verse 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's an incredible, that's a sermon in itself. Never, ever, ever let the crowd keep you from Jesus. Never, ever let someone say you're too far gone or that you're a lost cause or that there's no hope for you. Never let someone keep you from him. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, Calling. 
So they called the blind man. And now they're, they're, the crowd, this is incredible because you're going to see this. The crowd switches, right? It's from one, one moment they're saying, hush, don't say anything. You're, you're bothering him. And the next moment there's exclamation points. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you like, oh, this is the greatest day of your life. But they were just telling him to hush. Never allow the crowd to dictate your relationship with Jesus. Says, get on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. And in verse 51, probably one of the most incredible verses. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. This is an interesting phrase. What do you want? You know what that Greek word means? Desire, wish, resolve purpose. Sounds a lot like itema. Desire, resolve, determine, purpose. Itema is specific, exact, detailed request. Jesus says, what do you want? What is it? What's the thing that you want me to do for you? Keep reading verse 51, second half of that. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I wonder how long that expression has been building in his spirit. I, w- I wonder if he just said, Rabbi, I want to see. Or if he, I want to see. Like it was just, it's on the tip of his tongue. He's been wanting to say it the whole time. He just hasn't been able to express it fully because he didn't really know that he could. He didn't know that he could really ask. He didn't know he could, he could really go into the ateo. He didn't know he could really specifically ask for something like that. He didn't know that Itama could ask. He says, I want to see. There's no doubt what he wanted. There was no, there's no misunderstanding. There's no beating around the bush. He wants to see. And some of us, I believe some of us, in this, even in this moment, we would say, I just want you to do your will. I just want you to improve my vision. I just want you to heal me. But Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was specific. Why are we so afraid to ask for something? Why are we so afraid to ask for what we really want? God, I want you to save my kids. That's a prayer I prayed from the moment that I found out Jessica was pregnant. God, I want my kids to be saved. I want them to understand who Jesus is. God, I want you to save my kids. God, I want you to heal me of this sickness Whatever it is, God, I want you to heal me. God, I want you to break this addiction. God, I want you to keep me from so-and-so's house because whenever I go to that house, I do stuff I'm not supposed to do. God, keep me from going over there. God, give me an opportunity today. Today, God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody that I encounter. God, when I read scripture today, I'm asking you to make it come alive and help me apply it to my life. That's specific, detailed requests. Instead of these vague, God, just watch over my kids. Which is a great prayer to pray. I'm not knocking that prayer. But why don't we go deeper than that? God, give my kids good friends. Friends that can build lifelong relationships with. A friend that loves Jesus. A friend that's a good influence in their life. A friend that can challenge them to be a better man. This is a prayer I pray. God, give my kids, give my boys a godly wife. Give him a wife that loves Jesus. 
Give them a wife that they think is the best looking woman on this planet. God, give them a wife that is going to push them spiritually to be the man that they deserve, that she deserves them to be, and God help them be the man that she deserves. That's a, that's a specific prayer to pray over our kids. Be specific. Be bold. Be, I believe that's God honoring because he wants us to come and to come asking and to come asking specific things. I'm just going to say this because I feel like I have to. Do you know who the number one person on my prayer list is? Every day. Every day when I stop and pray. You know the very first person on my list? It's myself. I pray for myself first. And you go, well, that's very selfish, Pastor. <laughs> it's not. I pray for my wife and I pray for my kids and I pray for umpteen of y'all <laughs> every day. But I have to start with myself first because if I'm not the man that God's called me to be, I can't. I can't be the man that my wife needs me to be. I can't be the dad that my kids needs me to be. I can't be the pastor that you need to be. be. I have to pray for myself first. And that's not selfish. That's, that's scriptural. Jesus prayed for himself a lot. Remember the whole, God, I want, this to, I want this cup to pass for me, but not my will, but your will. He's praying for himself. The very first person on your prayer list needs to be yourself. And listen, we'd love to intercede for other people, and I think that's a great thing. We're probably going to end up talking about that before we're all said and done with this prayer series. But if all you're doing is praying for other people, you need to stop and pray for yourself too because you need it. I'm your pastor. I know you need it. You have to pray for yourself. It's okay to line out things that you want. What did Barnabas say? I want to see. He didn't, he didn't go, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now listen, my grandma, she's got, some, he had an issue. He needed to pray. He needed to ask Jesus for something for himself. And there's nothing wrong with that statement because really, Jesus already knew what he wanted. Isn't that great? So when we come to the crest with God and we say, God, I need you to do this for me. I'm asking you to do this, God. I'm laying it out. And he's going, yeah, I know. I know. But when we beat around the bush, he's going, I know what you're asking for. Just say it. Just tell me. Be specific. Verse 52. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. When did he heal him? In the story, when did he heal him? After he specifically voiced what he wanted. Now, could have Jesus healed him from his statement of, Lord, have mercy on me? Yeah. There's other times in scriptures where he did that. Somebody would say, Lord, have mercy on me. And, and remember, the, remember the bleeding woman who didn't say anything. She just touched him and he healed her. He could have healed from the statement of, have mercy on me. But he chose to have Bartimaeus spell it out. He chose to have Bartimaeus say it out loud. And so church, is your faith big enough for you to say it out loud? You know what that thing is. You know what that area of your life or maybe the area of your health or maybe the area of your marriage or the area of your finance, whatever it is, you know what it is. And we come and we pray these prayers that I believe are good and, and right. I'm not knocking those prayers. God, just help us and help us get through this. Or God, be, you know, be with us. And that's, those are all great. I want you to pray like that. 
But there's something about praying specifics. God, you know what I've been beating around the bush with. I need you to do this. God, I'm asking you to do this. It's detailed. It's specific. Here's my last thought, and we're going to wrap up. I feel like I was fast today. I may have, may have been. Some of y'all are okay with that. You remember when I said that Ateo, in other Greek literature, is when they're addressing a, a superior, right? And they come so confident that their request is correct, that they're expecting that they're already going to receive what they've asked for. I think that's the hook to this whole thing. How do you know that your request is correct? The easiest answer to that is we have to be seeking God's will in our life, everyday life. We have to be figuring out what God's will is. Jesus, I just told you that. Jesus models that prayer, right? Gethsemane, God, not my will, but your will. Like he was asking for one thing, but he says, God, I, ultimately, I, don't, I want what you want. I, I want your will to be done in this situation. Here's the reality. You can't pray God's will unless you know God's will. And you can't know God's will unless you're actively seeking God's will. You can't live life on your own terms, on your own uh, desires, in your own conditions, on your own path. I hate that word. On your own path. And expect to know what God's will is. This is a process of surrender. It's a process of humility. It's a process of a big church word called sanctification, right? That just means becoming more and more like Jesus. And when you begin to truly pursue God's will and your life is lived underneath the umbrella of what he wants, then your prayers change. Your prayers change from your wants to his wants, from your desired outcome to his desired outcome, from your understanding and your perspective to his understanding and his perspective, which, by the way, is always deeper and fuller and broader than anything we could ever see. It's like we're looking through a straw, and he sees the whole thing. I'm going to be done after this. When you pray God's will, you always get what you've prayed for. Isn't that incredible? Verse 14 of our original passage of Scripture in 1 John says, We ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And so we have to figure out what His will is, and that's our responsibility. Ask him. That's the whole point of this whole thing. God, tell me what your will is. God, I want to know it. I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to know what the next step is. God, I'm asking you to reveal to me what's next, and he'll show you. Be specific. Be detailed. But it has to be what he wants. And so our responsibility is to pray prayers that are in line with his will. And when you do that, you see his prayers answered. And it's incredible. And you're going, God, I'm praying for things and you're answering them. And I'm, I'm really just praying for what you want and you're making what you want to happen. And God, I'm, I'm just excited that I'm on the same page as you are. Specific, detailed requests. So here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to ask you to stand up and I'm going to ask you to bow your head. TJ's going to come and he's going to sing. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to not beat around the bush. Can we not do that this morning? Can we just, we all know what that thing is. 
that thing that we're asking God to do, that, that area of our life we're asking him to move, that area that we know that we can't accomplish on our own, we know what it is. And maybe you've been praying all the way around it. Maybe you've done everything but just specifically say it out loud. This morning, I want us to, I want us to say it. I want our faith to be big enough to say it and say it knowing he can answer it. That's bold. That's God-honoring. Now, is it in his will? God, I want, I want, I want doesn't always line up. God, what do you want? God, you know what I'm bringing to you. You know this specific request. God, what do you want to have happen here? Because what you want is what I want. But God, I'm going to ask you because I know that you can answer it and I'm going to trust whatever answer you give. Be specific. This is your opportunity. If you have questions about the church, if you have questions about who Jesus is or why we'd even pray, feel free to come ask Dustin and I'll be up front. This is your chance to be specific, to be bold, and to come and come asking. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Hey, this is Matt Overall. I'm the pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Just want to say thanks so much for watching our services, whether through our television ministry or our online ministry. We appreciate you so much being a part of Emmanuel Baptist Church, and we'd love to have you come and join our worship service. Uh, Sunday morning service starts at 10.30. Our small groups start at 9.30. And we'd love to have you be a part of it. We've got a lot of different ministries that happen at Emmanuel, from our children and youth that's focused on Wednesday nights to our uh, women's Bible studies that happen throughout the week. We'd love to have you be a part of everything that's going on here at Emmanuel. Thanks for watching.